Well, welcome back to another uh, weekly roundup, I guess. We're going to be talking about a round one, uh, the recap going on to it, and we're going to have some of the judges on, including myself, of course, some of the drivers, and Tony will be jumping in here shortly. So we'll just wait for a few people to jump on, and then we'll get right into it. So give a thumbs up if you're at the event, if maybe you caught some of the uh, terrible Instagram live that we did, trying to uh, put it out with all the wind. I see Jace is on there, but we'll get him to uh, jump on in just a few minutes, maybe about quarter after we'll get you to, uh, to jump in there, Jace. Mr. Tony, how's it going? It's going, not too bad. How are we doing? How are we all doing, Spec D fam? Excellent, excellent. It was a great event, I think, to start off. It looked uh, looked really good. Uh, yeah. You know, from our perspective, round one, a lot of people sort of just doing the regular hustle, getting into the, uh, the you know, all the final stuff they need to do just to get ready for the uh, for the competition. But, but other than that, it was, it was really good. Um, I'll let you sort of just start maybe give a quick yeah. recap on it and uh sort of your your thoughts and and then we'll get into it and sort of go through some of the individual drivers we'll go completely through the qualifying order and if people got questions on the battles we'll let them uh throw those in as well yeah always uh so you know doing a little homework on this like like they do on the uh f1 gonna try to keep this within 60 seconds so right got a handy timer there if you're ready here we go so 60 seconds Round one recap. Tristan McLennan leads away from pole position after a very intense qualifying, which saw few drivers trade up for that top spot. I mean, I think it was Jesse Footmark Dunbar that were tied uh, for the majority of it. Then Tristan McLennan came through with that second clean run, smashed it with a 90-point run. His weekend unfortunately ends in the top eight after damage sustained in his top 16 battle. Uh, broke one of his rear left control arms and was able to get it fixed. So shout out to the Boost Factory CA crew. Uh, unfortunately, the damage was just too severe and it caused some mistakes in his top eight chase. Gaston Morris and Jace Havoc absolutely steal the show in the top eight, requiring two one more times uh, to finally pick a winner out of there. Uh, proving once again, S13, best car you can for drifting. You know, no no complaints here. Just noting <laughs> one one. And then finally, at the end of the day, your top four looked like this. Jesse Foot taking the win. Pat Fontaine coming in in second. Jace Havoc coming in in third place. And Jesse Joe Curtis just off the box in fourth place. Very lightning fast round. Uh, flew out us pretty quick. We had a few delays in there. Sun was hot. Action was even hotter. And uh, man, just yeah, I think it was everything we hyped it up to be and a little bit more. And can't wait to see to how some of those battles will, uh, you know, hopefully give it a, a round two between uh, Jason Gaston specifically. Um, you know what? I kind of forgot. And one of my notes there, uh, Jesse Foot finally able to beat Mark Dunbar. I think that makes their record. Seven for Mark, one for Jesse, but hey, it was the one that counted, so there you go. 60-ish second recap there for you. All right. Yeah, I think that's really good, too. You know, I was going through some of the sponsors for the drivers, right, and I think that's always important to sort of give a shout-out to the to the people that are helping out and going through just a number of shops that are really helping out, you know, like some of the notable ones, um, you know, here. Boost Factory really working hard to get uh, Tristan's car up and going. Um you, you see, like, the Canadian Performance Injection helping out both uh, Ryan Drutz, who didn't unfortunately make it to round one, but Chris Pollard as well. Um, you know, Jace 
he got a, his shop. You got Gaston with uh, SCG Performance. They're helping out a bunch of people as well. Oddman Out Performance has a two-car team this year, you know, both with uh, Jake and with uh, Jesse Joe. So it's really good to see that, uh, you know, a lot of shops are really taking interest in it and using maybe the, the drifting platform to show, you know, their craftsmanship, their, their work and the, uh, you know, the fabrication especially, right? Because a lot of these cars are, you know, a lot of one-off parts are going into them, a lot of new things that are getting uh, tried. And, you know, like, like they say in, uh, in drifting, if you build it for a thousand horsepower in drag racing, it's actually worth 500 horsepower in drifting. So to see some of these, uh, local shops really putting cars together that are, are really enduring it. You know, you look at, uh, Tristan's car, I mean, a broken lower control arm, that's minor. The rest of it ran flawlessly all weekend. Um, you got to think Polar's, Chris Polar's car was running good. I don't think we really saw too many mechanical gremlins sort of creeping up on people. I think probably Jake was the only one that was sort of having a little bit of trouble at the start of it. And also Carlton, just with some of the altitude difference from where they test so close to sea level and then coming up to our altitude. Um, and an interesting thing too, a lot of what plays into it, especially these cars that are sort of tuned on, uh, you know, Carlton's cars is run with like old school carburetor and stuff like that but also the turbo cars, when you see all the forest fires and maybe some of the lack of air density, it takes a toll on it. But all in all, I mean, I was really happy to see, you know, the 18 cars that showed up that there wasn't anybody that was knocked out from a mechanical, um, you know, just some, some of the, the TV pains of it. I think a lot of it was driver nerves going into it. You know, first time where we have, you know, uh, a full series for the last three years right, going into a three-round series. Uh, qualifying plays a big part of it because there is points in qualifying. And, and we'll touch a little bit on some of the points. We changed a bit from years past, um, you know, where we, when we were doing the qualifying in the shootouts, there was no points awarded to qualifying. And now that we're back into a, a full series round, you know, only the top eight drivers that score in the qualifying get points on it, you know, starting with first place, getting eight. A place getting one, you know, simple stuff like that. But yeah, the event was great. I mean, you couldn't ask for better weather. It was hot, windy, but, uh, you know, considering that three days later, we're sitting here in the pouring rain. Yeah. We, we can't be, you really, you really can't complain about the, the weather going into it. Um, no, we, we got the right window there for it too. And uh, before you go on another try there, I just wanted to ask you right off the top of it. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, you're a judge, so you might be a little biased, but uh, do you have a driver of the event for yourself? You know, driver of the event, I think some standout ones really, um, you know, you got to give it to Francois Dugay. He was just um, killing it, especially towards the end after qualifying and into his battles really seeing the progression through the day. I see him as a, as a great standout driver, but all in all consistency, you really have to give it to Jace, uh, consistent from first lap out till, you know, third step on the box. Um, uh, Gaston Morrison, uh, you know, some of the best runs that we saw from him as well. Jesse Foote obviously winning the event. So you gotta, I don't know. I, I think the whole top eight was phenomenal driving. Uh, Jesse Joe Curtis in one of the newest chassis that we have out in the series. 
The car always looks on point. Uh, you know, minor hiccups, I think, with the throttle body he had only at the first start of the day. But other than that, like, absolute ripping it. And um, I think this track really favored the V8 guys, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, that being said, Jesse, of course, in a 2J won it. But I think just the power that was demanded coming out of the, the hairpin at the end, the V8, where, you know, you have full torque at low RPM, you could just see those guys maybe with a little bit easier line through that horse or through the, the hairpin hitting that last uh, outer zone. So I can't really pick a favorite out of them. I mean, just standout ones, ones that made me stand up and, and uh, cheer. Definitely the tandem battles between Gaston and Jace, cleanest of all day. I like to see those ones where it's very minor mistakes going into it, and it's really tough to judge. I prefer those over, you know, you hate to see a guy get knocked out from a bobble or from, you know, dropping a tire off track or something like that. I prefer to see, like, the hard-charging drivers where, you know, definitely it's uh, it's what the fans want to see and stuff like that too. So, Yeah, definitely. I think that uh, sums it up really well. I got to – I got a top three pick because, you know, I don't judge and I'm an announcer, so I can be impartial about the, the sort of about these things. Um, yeah, so my top one is definitely uh, Francois. Uh, just, you know, I kind of mentioned it a little bit on Facebook. Not, I think on our message group or something like that. Um, but, yeah, no, from where he was, you know, run one kitty litter to uh, make it a very convincing battle against Mark Dunbar, and I think he just missed it by just – just a little bit. And, I mean, mm-hmm. he came really far away in an afternoon. So, Francois, probably my driver of the day. Uh, honorable mentions, of course. Um, you know, we like to see Jesse Foote up there finally getting it over Mark Dunbar. But, actually, Mark Dunbar is probably one of my drivers I wanted to mention to give a <laughs> shout-out to. Um, just because, you know, there was ever there was never a down nor an up for him. We talk about that consistency from Jace uh, from lap one all the way through the event. I think Mark was just right there too. Right. Um, really awesome drive for them. Love seeing the, him and the 881 crew come out and, just, you know, absolutely be a part of the show. Uh, really just be a presence in the pits, man. So just a shout out to them, the crew. They worked really hard, hustled it together. And I wanted to give just a special mention to Brandon Cramp too. Uh, you know, he didn't quite make it into the show, but you know what? Didn't deter it. Had that uh, can-do attitude all day. Uh, just pushed, pushed, pushed as hard as he could. Unfortunately, just missed out there at the end. Uh, but, no, I wanted to give a uh, special mention to him, too, because I think he, uh, you know, it, it can be a bummer thing not to make it, not to qualify. So I just wanted to give him a quick shout-out saying that, hey, man, we appreciate the effort. Uh, we all saw you pushing, and I really hope he can come back another round and uh, uh, get it done. Yeah, and I think that's, something to talk about maybe the amount of rookies that we had coming into this event um you know just off the top of my head i'm seeing like one two three four you know five five rookies that came into the event that um you know this is their first competition with us uh some of them it was their absolute first uh you know real push into the the pro level and they went away probably with a ton of knowledge showing them maybe uh things that they need to improve and some of it is i mean it's nerves i don't know how long it took me as a driver to actually qualify for an event so when these guys come out and they get bummed that they didn't qualify for the first event i say well i did a year or so where i didn't qualify so you know they're right on the edge of it and i think maybe some of these next tracks that are coming up are gonna you know maybe be a little bit more favorable um i think what sort of call uh surprised me was the amount of difficulty that the drivers are having with this layout actually 
I was expecting it to be maybe a little bit easier than what it turned out to be. And talking to some of the drivers afterwards, they found it very challenging. Um, so, hey, I see we got both of our other judges in here. I give a shout out, Chad Sager and John Bernstad. You guys can hey. sort of say hi there. Hey, how's it going? Hey, everybody. <laughs> Chad, and, and we'll, or, uh, Sean, do you want to start fighting now or I'll, later? We can fight later on. I mean, it's, all, <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Here's mediator so, this week. <laughs> so I guess if, if people do have, have, have any questions on it, you know, if they got a, a call that they want maybe some explanation on, go ahead, throw it in the comments. I have the notes here basically from all of us and we'll kind of go through it a little bit. And as we talk about the drivers, we're also just going to uh, mention, you know, their sponsors, give the people that are helping these guys make it to the show, you know, all the due credit. So, you know, as we mentioned, you know, make sure you go, you follow the driver, you know, give a like to them, give a like to any of their sponsors that they, they're constantly shouting out because it's the support of these smaller companies that are really making it possible for these guys to do, you know, basically the coolest thing ever. Uh, one thing that kind of stood out to me from the event was uh, there's a bunch of pictures, you know, showing up all over our social media. You'll see them shared all over, you know, our Instagram page, but like the huge amount of fans that made it out and uh, we're getting autographs and stuff like this. And especially the kids, you know, one stood out to, uh, you know, really stands out to me was, uh, a little, a little guy, I was getting his autograph from, from Brandon Kremp. And again, sort of the same thing. He was bummed that maybe he didn't get in the show. But this little guy saw Brandon's car all with his full livery on it. You know, cool race car. And to that little guy, Brandon was absolutely living the dream and was the coolest dude that he had ever met. Got him to sign, you know, the autograph uh, page that we had provided for the drivers. And it was... That's, that's the entire thing. You know, all of us guys that are so much in it, um, we sometimes get, you know, jaded by it. Oh, just, you know, 20 random race cars. These guys just, you know, blowing their life savings on driving around a track. And we're like, ah, just another Saturday for us. But these guys are absolutely doing the coolest thing ever. 20 people dedicated to come out and just, you know, destroy their cars on a Saturday. And, uh, you know... They're probably the coolest people that all, all these little people have met, right? It's it's awesome to see. Yeah, like uh, when you first started doing the autographs there, Sean, yeah. I think it was the Edmonton Motor Show. You're like, yeah, let's do autographs. And like we all like held over. I'm like, this is the dumbest thing you have ever come up with. <laughs> I was just like started giving you the gears. And then everybody started like wanting like autographs. There was like a people lined up out the door like it was crazy like i ran out of cards and like people like wanted to stop by like later and get autographs and like the amount of like little kids that were just i don't know pumped by it and even like chad was saying like uh who stopped by to like get an autograph from you like them to motor show there years ago oh well, i think that was like you know one of the one of the coolest things even about the edmonton indie years ago was like yeah we had a dedicated dedicated autograph session and you know like it's not only cool for us but it's cool for all the kids yeah. and i remember going to the dirt track as a kid and like watching the bash surpass cars at the now rad torque raceway like yeah. i still remember those guys you know yeah, so, yeah. But, for sure you know, I'm a little sad. 
that I didn't actually get any autographs from someone, but I did sign one, so that was kind of cool. <laughs> hey, we, we, we signed that one. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah, got to that. Jason's mom or his grandma was handing these out. He's, this is the coolest thing ever. I mean, guys are really bringing it. I mean, you got Carlton McDonald again with his his cards all done up. We had the autograph sheet. People bringing all the stuff. I mean, it it is absolutely the uh, the best part. Part of it is just to yeah. see that fan interaction, right? Um, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about it. Uh, some of the runs that maybe stood out to you, John, and uh, we'll get some from Chad afterwards. What was your standout driver of the day for you? Um, driver of the day, I think Jace was obviously, he was the guy to beat all day long, right? Um, solo run, I think it would probably be uh, Tristan's qualifying run. He To me, didn't really seem like he had it for like practice. I thought he kind of be like mid pack guy. And then during qualifying, he absolutely threw down just the way the car moved and everything. It was like, uh, I don't know. It was, it was amazing. And then uh, tandem run for sure. Gaston and Jace. Um, that was just what the event was all about there. And those were my favorite runs and yeah, really loved them. All right. So when do we want to call out the judges for the scores that they were giving on the um, on the well, qualifying? I put my notes here, Sean. Well, which one? Which one are you curious about? Well, do you um, have my notebook in front of you, Sean? I'm definitely curious why you <laughs> scored I don't. so low. <laughs> which Which one well, do you want to know why you scored so low? Jace Jace on his um, for his style score. Oh, Jace, um, his initiations <laughs> and transitions. The start of the, the course, both very strong. Uh, entry into turn five, again, very strong. So he's only got lost one point in both of his qualifying runs so far. Um, and then I think I think he just kind of angled out in turn five, and he kind of had small, slight bobbles in, in his qualifying there, and he kind of dropped offline. So because of that, he kind of lost a bit of, like, the, the X factor, if you will. And then the touch and go and the, uh, the final touch and go and the transition there. Once again, he did very well. He only lost one point in both those sectors for me. So, but the only reason he lost points was just the uh, number corner number five. But yeah, he had like uh, 32 points out of 40 for both of his uh, qualifying runs for style. So very consistent. And yeah, he was just super consistent all day long. And I honestly think his were solo runs all day were qualifying. I'm, I'm not even kidding. He Did was you... riding the line and he was like, he had a crazy amount of excitement or X factor, if you will, all of his mm -hmm. practice runs. And I think he was just kind of a little bit nervous for qualifying. Whereas some guys like uh, Tristan and Paul, they, they stepped up for qualifying. Like I didn't think they're going to have it. And then they just, they threw down, like absolutely right. threw down. There you go. That's, well, that's, that's I, I, have the, I have the scores here. So we'll, we'll talk about some of the judges. John always Can gets to be style. For me? Right? Because John <laughs> gets style, right? So basically, John deducted eight points in style from Jace. On his run number two, I deducted one point. And for his run number two, um, Chad deducted four points. So John definitely seems to be the hardest judge on uh, on style. So what... What is it that guys need to do to nail in the high 30s for style from you, John? Uh, so the biggest thing is, is like, 
on initiation, you almost have to do like uh, a faint entry every time, like uh, a Scandinavian flick. You, like you need to have that to have like max points on initiation and on entry, you kind of want to see like reverse entry at that corner there. Um, and then throughout the rest, like throughout the rest of that course, you just want to be extremely smooth, like Chad would say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you need right. to have a smooth transition and over the hill and into uh, corner five all needs to be super smooth. And uh, the touch and go, I really want to see like a huge flick through that transition into like that first inside clip. Like I want to see the guys like absolutely throw the car around. So just pop from one side to another. And then, yeah, like just kind of want to see like some excitement, right? Like, want to see guys throw it on the line, like a little Harry Larry, just in case it might go wrong. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so we'll give you another one of the consistent drivers. We got Jesse Joe. Okay. Um, uh, you find his because you were hard on him too. So I just want to see where John is so hard on these guys. John seems to be the the, uh, the party pooper, the gang here. Like so all... Jesse Joe, <laughs> Jesse Joe, he's he's rather inconsistent uh, for me. His uh, his first run, the second run, like he scores high in one spot, then low in the other, dependent on the run. Like he he's a he's one hell of a driver, but his consistency just kind of needs to catch up to like his flair. Like I love watching him drive, like him chasing and all that. Like him in the chase, he's always on the guy's door. But he kind of just finds himself getting snuffed out here and there. Like, I'm sure in the next couple of years here, maybe even this year, he'll be the guy to beat. Excellent. Uh, John, and just quick there, can you just give your Instagram so people can message you directly? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just uh, John Bernstein. Uh, or I guess uh, John Bernstein. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Kind of distracted with walking here. Can you just say hi to everybody real quick? Hi. All right. <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's all Good. I've, been, good. I've been working I, late nights lately. We worked 16 hours yesterday and then crazy hard day today. So a little dad time. <laughs> no, no, don't don't put my Instagram in there. They can message me too. I'll, I'll but, uh, Tony, you had a question that you raised your hand there in this. I mean, I know for audio listeners only, it's going to be yeah. a little tough to follow, but go ahead, Tony. So just in defense of John Bernstead, you know, you're ragging on him for giving a low score to everybody here. You guys collectively came out together with a score of five. So just wondering about your guys' thought process on that. <laughs> I kind of want to add a few things with that. So Benjamin there, uh, Bert Rice, this is Instagram and his Assetto Corsa name. He throws down on Assetto. Um, I think the biggest thing there is like, he barely had the power to do the course, right? He had enough power and, and like kind of like true old school fashion for, for drifting. He technically linked the track. However, he had very small straights in spots, but they were like very minor and they were just kind of falling out and falling into drift again, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're like based off like old school, early 2000s drifting, he was kind of on point, but like, Man, I bet you he doesn't have much more than 150 horsepower. Like, Conrad Ganson needs to set him up with, like, an REW, something like that, get him to, like, that 500 horsepower range. But, mm -hmm. like, he, he never really had anything that would be technically a zero, but at the same time, it was technically a, a barely a scoreable run, right? And, however, the guy, he worked on the car all practice long. I don't know if he had a single practice run. And him and his family came out and yeah so it, it was it was a hard call and it was very close to being a zero but i think just based off old school 
drifting rules, it was still technically a run. So I think that's why we allowed it. And then during, actually during the event, he kind of surprised me. He did, I don't know, fairly well, I thought. Yeah, I mean, we, we only had two that didn't actually, um, didn't actually qualify, and that was just because they actually didn't complete the run. Um, yes. And I mean, you, you could just see the drivers that, that were really struggling with the car. And one, this, this course needed power. I mean, you got to give it a shout out to Brandon. He came out with, you know, his VQ powered um, 350Z and was pushing as hard as he could, right? The car just wasn't necessarily, you know, there for him because he's come out and driven a ton at our Strato, Strato bash days and stuff like that. And he's, he's always really good at, yeah. you know, to link it, but it just takes way more to connect, you know, for the track layout, you know, and I'll maybe throw some of the, the track layout into the, uh, front of this uh you know broadcast here just so people get a chance chance to see it it is a long transition and it it's really tough to do and i think the other one that you know chad bellamy he was just he was fighting his car non-stop and i think it's just it's all set up um yeah. because you know i've seen him drive other things and and he can definitely wheel but i think the car was just having a really hard time for him and just you know and that's something that's tough on these single day events where you know you only got four hours of practice going into it before qualifying and sometimes it's really tough to make the change on a suspension setup or something like that where as a lot of drivers just try to drive around the issue and i think that was really tough and it called him out and that's what made him so he wasn't able to qualify um i think probably just getting a good s chassis setup in there a really basic um uh you know alignment was going to help him out a ton on that car. Um, cause I, I, I'm not sure what it was, but it just looked like it was undrivable once he was at angle. So, you know, it's interesting to see, but I mean, this is drifting and that's sort of the, the name of it, right? You sometimes are, are so far behind, you get the car finished, but then some of the little things like all the testing that should be done and some of those, you know, testing different alignment setups and stuff like that is, is tough to do because you take it out on a pad or something like that, and the car may be fine. But when she's loaded up on different, you know, banking or something like yeah. that, yeah, it can be he, it can be tough. He was saying that like, like on their smaller course emission there, it felt fine. But like with this layout here, you need very small inputs here and there. So and like the car, like you could see he was just fighting the wheel the whole way along. So that's actually mm -hmm. uh, Norm Burnwash's old chassis there. So yeah. Uh, I was going to make that note of, you know, he might still be battling some of the demons that Norm had with that chassis. So, yeah, who knows? That, that, that car definitely wasn't the unicorn of uh, Norm's first car. Like his longtime one that Norm had was just seemed to be bulletproof and was easy to drive and stuff like that. And then when he changed to that new chassis, he was having a, a lot of hard times with it. Um, anybody else that really stands out? Anything that you want to talk about for some of the qualifying or any of the uh, the scores you guys wanted to go over? I'm not seeing anything. So everybody here in the comments thinks we did an amazing job. So thank you guys. <laughs> is, um, is, I got one for you guys. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So we saw on run two <laughs> that uh, Chris Pollard and Tristan McLennan both got a score of 90. Obviously, we decided it with the tiebreaker that uh, Tris McLennan had a higher first score, so he was able to take that number one spot. But uh, how did both guys arrive at the same score? 
Actually, didn't they both have the same first score too as well? Oh, and man, then they just... had the same style points. So then it went uh, no, Chris Pollard, 41 round one, uh, Tristan McClendon, 70 points. According to my notes, but oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think for Chris on his first run, he just had a big bobble going into it, and it was just, uh, you know, it was very uncharacteristic for him as the way he normally drives and the amount of laps that he maybe had on that track. And I think that again was just, uh, you know, fighting a few different things. I'm just trying to find his notes here quick while we're chatting. Yeah, I said. More time to take more notes, but I can just uh, write down the score and think about what I'm going to say next. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, no. Like, he, he had a 41 on his first one. And then, um, uh, so it went to uh, style. Okay. And now you're making me work here, Tony. Because the style points were the same. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Then it, went, the then it was next to his points. angle points. So, so Tristan had a higher angle point. So that makes it... Uh, the difference there so that's how the tiebreaker works you know style if their first run is is different right so tristan obviously had a higher score on his first run as well but then if we go down and you break it down if style's points are the same then you go to angle next and then finally to um your line points so uh i see a question here uh okay oh there you go i think we answered it that answered it for you Jesse, Joe uh, Curtis. We can go in through individual ones too. I don't mind that. Let me find um Hang on. Jesse. While well, we uh, wait for notes there, uh, one of the things I just wanted to point out too is like, you know, we had a, we had a really good time in the uh, tower together, guys. Just, uh, you know, falling drifting, just enjoying some laughs and some sun there. Um, one of the things that did stand out in qualifying too, I think uh, it kind of, you know, that uh, the uncharacteristic ball from Chris Pollard, that was like a big standout moment uh, for us there. And just um, Pat Fontaine too, just another one of those guys that's uncharacteristically caught out in that first run. Uh, it's been, um, man, I couldn't even, maybe 2020 when Pat Fontaine had some issues in mission, mm -hmm. but I don't recall seeing him ever zero in qualifying. So that was, uh, that was kind yeah. of a shocker. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah so, sure. hey, we'll just go back. I mean, we did get a question there from Jesse Joe just talking about uh, they, they, get, they were, had the same score of an 82, and it was just down to the style points. Um, for Jesse, he had a 32 in style, and you were a 26, but your line and your angle were what got you. Like, you were, for Jesse, he was running uh, 29 points out of 30 for angle, 27 out of 30 for um, his line. And then the style point were just the, the difference. He had a 26, and Jesse put at a 32. So that's sort of how it works. Yeah, style is the number one. Uh, it's the first one that is the tiebreaker on it. Um, so... Hey, it's just just the way it goes. You try to it's tough. It's tough, especially scoring it and then going through and trying to make the uh, the bracket when they are scored up. Um, trying to do the tiebreakers like that, but that's just that's just how it goes, right? right? I see uh, we got a question from Ryan Drutz here. Uh, the overall judges' expectations for the 2023 mission layout. We'll hit that later on, Ryan, because we still just going to dig through uh, round one here first, and then we'll talk about that. I posted up the 2023 um, mission layout, and uh, then my phone basically went off for the next six hours. Whoops. 
you know, 24 hours, like same, the driver chats, yeah, yeah, like <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Have you ever watched Drifting Sean? Yes, yes, I have. <laughs> Why this sucks? You suck. Um, no, it's all good. I think it's gonna be. I, I think that track layout is great, personally. Oh yeah, no, no. The track, the track layout is an absolute must. We need more yeah. speed. We need more walls. I mean, John is the number one person to say we need definitely need walls. Yeah, there's three walls everywhere. Know, I will absolutely tell you for sure that um, going into turn five, we definitely need concrete K rails there, and I will make that happen for the next time that we run a competition around there because the amount of dirt drops there. If there was a wall there, it probably would have made it really exciting. Are we talking about turn five, at like at Strato? Turn five at Strato yeah. is definitely going to need wall. Would there, so they have like the one there that would shoot the cars up into the air? It was like uh, they call them like sausage barriers. Mm -hmm. They would just have those. We just like shoot the cars up into the air. Hopefully, they don't hit like a media guy or something like that. I think that'd be kind of cool. We're not. Yeah, <laughs> John, John's all about. Do we want to do that, John? <laughs> So, was there any uh, anything that sort of stood out for you? Now, let's get into the battles. We talked a bit about qualifying and where sort of people racked up in it, right? Um, a lot of what's been talked about, um, you know, in qualifying strategy when, when guys care about it from, um, you know, from the FD perspective, guys always want to qualify lower and then go and, uh, and drive in the chase first saves tires. I don't think we're at that level yet. So definitely your higher, higher qualifying is going to be better for you because you get to lead and sort of dominate that. Set the pace for the rest of the battle. Um, well, any like, of the... I used to always love basically chasing second, right? Because mm -hmm. you talk to your spotter and like my spotter, Chris, be like, all right, you got to push or just like just put it in the lap, all right? So don't like do anything risky. So you can like <laughs> learn so much from your spotter just what your spotter tells you to do. Just go into that next one if you're chasing second so yeah and i think maybe that is something that we can we can also sh talk about during practice we hardly had any spotters come up and talk to us yeah. in, the, in the tower which was which was odd we usually stood in the tower and i was screaming at the uh for whoever spotter the driver was to get them up in the tower so we could yeah. you know give them some pointers and sort of show them the line that we were looking for um yeah i i think that's that's it I think as the drivers progress and as the series goes on to the next rounds, the spotters definitely need to be more involved in it. Um, and, and we can give any, any feedback that they ask for, because there's, there's so many things that it's, it's small little mistakes that either will move you up high into qualifying or also you translate that into the battles. And that's going to also make you successful in the battles. Um, mistakes like when we, we look at uh, one of the b battles that I got asked about a ton was between um, Jesse Foote and, and Pat Fontaine and why Pat lost on that. And it was just basically line where he was dropping tire on the inside of the track. And sort of, we had talked about that in the driver's meeting that if you, you know, cut the course really short, you don't run a big wide line. It gives the chase driver really no place to go. And that's kind of what lost it for him. I also found that uh fontaine i have a lot of notes that he like he got caught in exit five he bobbled several times once on the hill and one exit out of five uh yeah he cut the line on five one time he had another on the I believe it's on his lead no on his chase he uh dirt dropped on the hill 
and yeah, just overall too many mistakes compared to Jesse. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but you're looking at that. You're looking at one zero drop going over the hill and cutting on the line. So I mean, looking at that, it's really. Um, I think it's a good place to see where our drivers definitely are. You know, yeah. our drivers are definitely at the level where we're looking for, you know, a dirt drop. We're looking at cutting the line instead of, um, whereas that type that it's only minor mistakes that are making them lose the battle. Like, it's hard as a driver that, like, I only dirt drop once or I only, like, my front tire only touched the grass or touch. Yeah. And then it loses the battle. But, I mean, that's the level of the driving that's that's getting there. And I think a big shout out to like a final eight was absolutely exciting. We were, you know, we were excited for it as, as much as anybody else. Yeah, one more times I see that. Yeah, well, one more Tim's, I don't know, whatever. Whatever, whatever Dubai is trying to write there. One more times, I mean, there, there's a few that, yeah, we could have run one more time. I mean, I would have watched Jace and, um, and Gaston drive over and over and over. That's, that's the drifting that we all came, came to watch and that's that was that such is, a tight battle that, like that battle yeah like even talking to gaston after i'm like do you know why you lost and like the only mm. reason i could give it to uh jace in that battle was gaston left the line i think he was a foot and a half off of turn five on like the line that we wanted to see and jace yeah. ran, ran it every single time and yeah like, just like that it was there was no bobbles from either of them the like the proximity the intensity like both of them like their rate to angle their flex mm -hmm. like we we're like losing our mind up there like, yeah it was yeah. it was awesome it was like the best part of my summer i actually <laughs> i actually found that battle like one of the easier ones of the day to judge because yeah. it, it kind of came down to splitting hairs but it was so much easier to point out the slight bobbles because both those guys were literally on point throwing down like top qualifying runs back to back to back and it literally just came down to very slight mistakes yeah and, but my favorite by far battle of the day like that's you know that's what it's all about right yeah well um i see we got i see we have jace on the in the chat there i know i wanted to chat with him a little bit about it um Anybody want to sort of wrap up and I'm going to let Jace jump in because I'm sure we're only allowed four on this screen. I'm not sure how many more. Uh, I'll jump in here. Before we move on, Jesse Joe Curtis did get another question in there. Okay. Uh, and he asked, in battles, were the judges were or are the judges rewarding proximity or replicating the lead driver more? Uh, he goes on to say, I know Chelsea had preferences last year and this is going to be more of a question in the future round. So I, I can answer this. I, I know he's talking about because like, Jesse runs so much proximity and he's so good at it and he's probably one of the best at it at our series being aggressive in the chase. However, he's kind of at the point where he's snuffed himself out. He's getting caught. He's getting caught on the inside line, um, straightened up a few times. And that's in my eyes why he's kind of going to lose the battles for the next little bit here until he figures that out. Like if you look, think back to like Alex Lee or even like the way that, uh, um, Matt Fields driving now. You see the car like lurch onto the door and it pauses and lurches onto the door rather than him getting caught by the car and straightening up. Yeah. Like once he masters that technique, he will be, I don't know, he'll be dominating. Just because like he chases so close, but he straightens up quite a bit in the chase. Yeah. I think that might be something that we, we may add into it. I may start taking a few speeds so that guys have a little bit of reference of how somebody's driving through the course. 
Um, I talked to Jesse as well about that. And I think, you know, just not being sure of how fast somebody is going into the course. So you think you're going to be like, you need to be on their door and you are coming in eating and you're closing up that gap a lot. And then you slow up so that you don't just smash into them. And then all of a sudden now you're getting gapped again. So I think it's just maybe finding that a little more data for the, from the spotters on how fast somebody is through the course. Like, I don't mind if somebody like slows up and then re-catches up. It's, it's yeah. falling on an angle, but like, I don't know, maybe we just gotta see them push some people around the course. Like I wouldn't mind that at all. I don't know what your guys' like door budgets are, but like, I love it watching a, a car push someone else around the course. It's like my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, Anyways, well, there you... we take off. Are you going to take off? Okay. Yeah. And then Jace, I see you in there. So why don't you jump in and we want to get a little bit of recap from you from one of our furthest away drivers and uh, sort of see what he's doing about. Uh, let's give a shout out to a few more uh, of the of the crew here. Definitely Napa is jumped on and really helping out all the 881 guys. You got to look at him helping out Ophir. Ophir's new livery looking great. Napa helping out is huge to see a big company like that, you know, stepping up and, and helping out drivers. Um, iRace is still involved, especially helping out, um, you know, Jesse Foote, helping him out quite a bit. And also, I think just about all of uh, Pat Fontaine's car was built through iRace back in the day. So I know both those guys have had a lot of support from from them. Uh, RA Motorsports helping out Rick Zielinski. Um And then, of course, you know, we got Cole O'Connell driving a Chevy Corvette and sponsored by Heartland Ford. You know, it works out it does its thing uh pulse rv and then also um you know zestino on the side of the door for for cole o'connell i see uh jace is jumping in here so let's get him and i run get his sort of feedback on it um and i think you know some interesting conversations with him and the sim the amount of time that he spent on that <coughs> all right hey i see the new addition to the trophy wall i like that nice um, Jace, thanks for, for coming on and sort of giving us a little bit of your feedback. The rest of the podium, I mean, one's at a movie doing girlfriend duty, so he doesn't, uh, so he can come and race the next round. And, uh, Jesse is on a flight to Italy and I think he's going to jump on from Italy next week and we'll chat with him a little bit more. Uh, give us your event recap, Jace, and sort of go through it. Um, what you thought of the track and maybe some of your preparation, you know, coming from Washington up here and how you got prepared for it. Yeah, uh, the track was sweet. Um, lots of fun, very fast. It was a little bit challenging. Um, it was a little smaller than on Assetto. I've been driving that track on Assetto and it seemed a little smaller, but that was fun, made it a little more challenging. So um, I was just, just trying to drive hard all day and hit my marks. Um, I did that pretty good. I had, I could have cleaned up a couple of bobbles and a couple of mistakes to get a higher qualifying, but overall I, I was happy with, uh, with the outcome and it was sweet driving with, uh, with all the, you know, heavy hitter Canadian drivers. So, uh, no, no complaints, just lots of fun. Didn't have a lot of issues. The car got a little warm. Um, but okay. I'll smile DJ. Uh, uh, yeah, the car, getting warm of long track but you know it was tons of fun uh, my tra truck the transmission went out on the way up here so 
uh, that, you know, that kind of sucked. I had to go get my Alex and, and my buddy John Lang had to come rescue us on the side of the road and get my buddy's truck. And then we made it all the way up. The Dodge came and saved the day. So all you Dodge guys, you know, woo, had to save the point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, definitely needed to the car after a long travel. We had a few, uh, a few axles come loose. My rack actually came loose. So if you're traveling, definitely not bolt your car before you start go driving and ripping on it hard because right. down the road stuff gets loose. Um, so yeah, it, it was just overall it was a blast. I uh, I really enjoy going to these events. They're well put together. Sean's um, really focused on maximum drive time. So get. Uh, get out there drive he was asking i was in the stands for one second just trying to watch he's like get back in the car why aren't you driving you need to be driving. okay back out there that's fine yeah I, think I, was, I was yelling at your spotter to get you out on the track because we wanted to uh to see the line so i mean that that's definitely one of the main things we, we look at the cost of, of rental and, and running an event and i go Gee, it is so expensive you know it, it's like 1500 bucks an hour to run an event uh, so I say, you know, guys need to be driving, you know, so just the way it needs to be. And I mean, I, I always look at it like the guys, especially driving a, a long ways away, you never come to, uh, you know, to have lots of driver's meetings. You guys know what you're there for and you just want to drive. At the end of the day, no matter what happens, you know, we're all in reality. You can have something break and you get knocked out in the top 16. But if you got four or five hours of seat time, that's all we can never asked for as drivers so i like that part of it um so you also came with a big crew why don't you tell us a little bit about who's there i mean we all had interactions everybody on staff probably had an interaction that's got to be um tell tell us who the lady is that gives us grief for your last name oh uh, well is she uh well it could be my mom or my grandma i don't know they're both it's, it's a it's a little it's a shorter lady so that's got to be your grandma right my grandma okay. yeah She's definitely a grandma. She was giving us a hard time if we mispronounced the name. Yeah. And three or four people told us different ways to say it. So, you know, we just... Uh, all all at the be. same time, might I add. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have, you, you spelt it out in your driver's thing as Havoc. So that's what we're using. Yeah. It's supposed to be Havoc. You know, Havoc or Havoc. Havoc. Pick one. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, she said, just call him Hey Bitch, and I'll be t happy with that. And I said, yeah. we love you, grandma. Wanna have a good time? Yeah. Yeah. She'll uh, she'll let you know. She definitely will. The yeah, old, she wasn't shy. The Italian grandma is gonna come at you. That's right. But then your mom was also super nice. She she was the one that gave us you the. Uh, oh yeah, you got the, the sweet little. Yeah, it's awesome, man. It's the it's the greatest thing ever. We appreciate that. I like I like those kind of type of things. Oh yeah. Um. They're yeah, we had a big crew. So sort of go through a little bit about who's on your crew and what they do. Um, obviously we met your spotter. He was great up in the, up in the tower all the time. Um, but like the best of the rest of the people that are sort of down on the ground with you. Um, my, my grandma and grandpa and my parents come with me to most events. They're huge supporters. And then the crew is uh, a bunch of my buddies I went to high school with. They've been coming down every Friday after work and we have race car night, prep the car, work on the, uh, we've been thrashing on getting the trailer organized and spare parts organized and all that kind of stuff um and my buddy jade eddie 
Um, Jade usually is, he kind of directs everyone. He's kind of starting to become the crew chief. Um, Alex is my spotter. He's been on the team longest. Um, he was there from the beginning. And Eddie is real, uh, he's real OCD, real detail oriented. Car looking nice, uh, writes down, you know, how much fuel goes in the car, how many laps are on the tires, and uh, writes down things that we need for next time. Um, gets a list, you know, stuff we didn't have or things that we could have brought with us to make, you know, the experience a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. and, uh, my brother, if Alex isn't is driving, then my brother's spotting. My brother's out there. He's making sure I need, I'm drinking water and uh, eating and everyone just kind of flows together. It's nice. We don't get sick of each other. Um, it's becoming a, a little bit of a family and it's awesome. So I, my buddy, John Lang, he's also on the crew, Kyle and Lauren, they're the other three that are on the crew. They weren't able to make it up to Canada, but um, I got a solid team of guys and we're, we're getting things dialed. It's really nice to be able to just to focus on driving. And mm -hmm. I say, I'm coming in. I want these tires. I want this PSI. Uh, they know if a car needs fuel or if or the bottle, the nitrous bottle's empty or whatever, because they're taking notes. And every time we go to an event, it's, we're getting better and everyone is getting more dialed. So it's awesome. It's a lot of fun, especially doing it with, with a bunch of your friends. It doesn't get better than that. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's talk a little bit about about that you made the long trip uh what did you find that you were needing to have uh in the trailer that maybe you forgot to pack what's something that that if you're making that long trip that you definitely need to take with you um i had everything i mean there's always something small but it's like as simple as bringing more water you can never have more more water like more than enough I, I need to get a five gallon can with water because I didn't think about it, but we were using the sprayer on the radiator and we needed water at the trailer. And my grandpa kept running back to the, to the bathroom and filling up gallons of water just so we had them. Cause we were cutting the 50, I had like water methanol mixed up, oh, okay. uh, basically wiper fluid, but you can use that to cool the radiator a little bit faster. Mm -hmm. So I was diluting water methanol down and with more water to make it last longer and uh i needed more of that so i or if the car gets hot you know you can pour water on it or if you need water you have water to drink so you, i would just bring uh bring an extra five gallon gas can with water in it just for emergencies right right um hey i see tony had a question there so i'll let him jump in and ask one hey man we got two here so obviously mentioned got the big crew with you we saw you guys out there it looked like a really well uh you know running unit everybody knew their part uh helped play some success uh we obviously saw you lap one basically we had you picked for a podium uh right as soon as i saw you for to the first lap i was blown away i was like hey man this guy's got it um two questions then i wanted to ask um did you do any kind of like a debrief with your team to kind of just kind of take stock of how it went and if you did, you know, like how important is that? And then you did mention that you obviously put in a lot of time on Stratotech on the set of Corsa. Uh, just wanted to go maybe over just some of the differences and what helped you prepare uh, for the track. Um, so, yeah, we did. We kind of debriefed. We we're going to do a full debrief on Friday and have a meeting and talk to everyone about it. Um, 
I kind of called my buddy John Lang and puked the whole event on him and and was like, you know, this is what I did wrong. This is how I messed up. I spun out twice now in the same direction, made that mistake of over-rotating. Definitely something I need to work on. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I like to talk to everyone, get everyone's thoughts on the event while it's fresh in their brains so then we can make a list, you know, what, what went well, what did we struggle on, what did we forget, what do we need more of, and get that dialed, and then we just keep growing. And uh, for the Aceto differences, um, I just feel like it was a little more narrow um, on the, the track layout. And I, when I was practicing, I didn't exactly know where the start line was. So I was lining up a little bit further back. And the hill, there's a hill on that back stretch that isn't, it's maybe there, but it's not as aggressive um, right mm. where we're lining up. So that's a little bit of a difference, but uh, coming up over the hill and into, well, I think that's turn five and around the last inner clip in front of the stands, all that's pretty, you know, very similar. Um, the outer, on that little access road, the last turn with the inner clip, that in a set of, it doesn't have like the rumple strips on the outside. So, or the dip. <laughs> yeah, or the dip. So you don't, when you run in a settle, there's no grip change, but when you're running in real life, if you get your tires, you know, on that uh, rumple, it definitely changes the traction. You have a little bit less traction, but right. it helps so much being able to dial in the line. You can go and run the track. And then uh, I went, the, the guy at the line asked me if I wanted to do a sight lap. I was like, oh, I guess I can go look at it, but I think <laughs> I, I should have just sent. <laughs> Better be safe. Sorry. So, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, hey, it's du not a bad one. <laughs> Dubay's dropping the wisdom in there. Don't put water into your gas jug because somebody will automatically dump that in there. Hey, oh. big sh here. I'll give you. I'll give you the tip for all the Canadian people. Uh, Safeway and a Canadian Tire just have the big five-gallon jugs, and uh, you don't have to return them. They're just to return at any bottle depot, so they're really cheap and easy. Oh, you only pay like a twenty-five cent or something deposit on it. So super. They're just a disposable jug. Uh, works out good like that and they're inexpensive uh i think uh yeah we probably had somebody where they put water into a gas jug and then dumped it in the car and ended their day so there you go that'd be bad um <laughs> all right i'm gonna let you give a bit of time i mean on your driver package that you emailed back in you had h2 engineering shift hawthorne and laudable racing why don't you talk a little bit about your sponsors what they do for you and you know give them give them a bit of a shout out uh, H2 Engineering is kind of the it's a company my dad and I started a bunch of custom race race car parts, drift car okay. parts. Um, my dad helps me out a ton on the car. We build the motors, build, rebuild the trannies, uh, roll cage, fab work, all that stuff. We do all that. Um, and we're trying to get a bunch of parts. He's got a CNC machine. We just need to get it kind of the program dialed in we should be able to print some parts i got a bunch of custom stuff uh wheel spacers steering wheel spacers caliper mounts all kinds of stuff for the s chassis that we built um that we are going to try to bring to market soon and shift hawthorne candle company they got the best candles you need candles for your lady or just uh for yourself they're cool there's you know some i guess some, i'm sorry i didn't even put that together here we go that's these guys yeah, right here you know that that's <laughs> Cool scent. I like that one. Uh, there's some 
there's just some good scents. And they're all quality, uh, non, you know, non-toxic, non-paraben. I don't know all the fancy stuff, but there's not a bunch of crap in the wax. It's just good, good uh, organic ingredients. That's not nice. kill you. Laudable Racing is, uh, that's my grandparents. They hook it up tough, paying for entry fees, paying for fuel, um, sponsoring me any way they can. Um, they drive up, they drove all the way up to Canada with my parents as another support vehicle in case anything went wrong. So, and my grandma keeps us fed. She's always got snacks and food and treats for the boys. Got to keep the crew happy, keep the driver happy. I get uh, a little crabby if I haven't ate. So my grandma's always making sure I eat because, you know, Sean, as a driver, you don't want to eat anything ever. That's all. right. Nothing. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? Uh, well, give it. Remind your grandma, like we like some snacks and treats oh. and home cooked stuff. I mean, gee, you know. Well, she's yelling at me for mispronouncing your name for the night time. She can also just shove like something in my mouth so I don't talk back. That's how that's All how right. grandma's got to do it. I'll make sure uh, to up at mission send up to the booth and get you guys all hooked up with some treats. She was, she was ready with the knuckle sandwiches, Sean. She she offered me a few. So yeah. <laughs> I I love it. I, I, I you know I, I really enjoy enjoyed the uh, chatting with the uh, with the family and and the whole crew so we like that definitely a hundred percent um enjoyed having you guys uh preparation for, for mission what's your sort of preparation looking like and what's your thought on the track that i i threw up into the drivers uh it looks sweet it, it looks like a little bit more fun um okay. i don't i don't know yeah I didn't read all the concerns. I had a hundred messages. I saw the chat was, everyone was having a meltdown or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be a good one. But, I mean, uh, I don't know. Tori's not going to come up and drive, so that's going to be a shame. Too bad Tori can't come drive with Carlton. He's got a couple of good Mustangs he could bring up. Um, but yeah, I'm not. What is? Is there? Is there? concerns i don't know about sean i i think some guys are just thinking it might be a little bit um harder and you know i think once we once some people uh play it out a bit in maybe a seto like on actually on a good sim rig i think they're going to see that that the car is going to be a lot easier to handle once you are actually in drift coming into you know off of the drag strip into the road course section because in years past, you know, what's going to be your first outer zone or your first touch and go is was where the initiation point was. And so you're coming into the course, um, initiating up against the wall, hard on throttle, and then immediately slowing down in order to, you know, make that front clip. So I know most drivers know once you're kind of in the flow of, uh, of drifting already, you know, the car's going, you're just driving it with the gas pedal instead of, you know, e-braking or something like that. You're just, it's a lot easier to make those smaller adjustments. And I think it's actually going to make the, uh, the driving way better and definitely having the two walls there. So guys can kind of throw it up and, uh, and hit the wall a little bit is going to be nice. Um, we're not expecting any carnage in it because it is, the track is very wide, but I think it's just going to make it a little bit more exciting. I always think it's a combination of uh, a little bit of long beach initiation 
and uh, coming into a cool, challenging road course section. Yeah, yeah, it should be fun. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe some bumpers. That'd be exciting. Sure. Maybe some. We'll see. Yeah, yeah some bash bars and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's going to be really good. Uh, definitely want to see people play it on on a seto and and get the feel for it. And it is also going to be a real. It's going to. Be be an equalizer too because nobody gets to drive this uh, layout so really the first people that drive it is uh, us in competition so it's fair for for everybody so you don't get necessarily have like a, a home team advantage going into it it's uh you know everybody's going to be green on it and you know why we're confident in doing like a, a fun track like that and maybe something a little more challenging is all of the practice time basically we got hours and hours on friday and then we give you way more practice time again on Saturday morning so that, you know, you guys are the most prepared you can be for the show and uh, battling hard going into it. So looking forward to it. Sweet. Yeah, that should be fun. You guys definitely do give a lot of practice time. I, I was amazed last time I was in mission about how much practice time we get. It's like this practice is the most we drive all weekend, usually down here in Evergreen because it's a one-day event and mm -hmm. they do all this go, go, go competition team tandem burnout competitions all kinds of crazy stuff so having uh having multiple days with practice only on friday is awesome the drive time's incredible yeah it makes it nice i think i think it's uh you know it's important and then you know we just qualify in the evening so it takes a little bit of pressure off of the you know the main competition day you know and uh can really dial it in especially in the morning going into uh you know our top 32 practice definitely looking forward to it i hope we can get, see a few more people come up i mean i don't think you had any trouble crossing the border uh either coming into canada or going back so i mean it's it's actually fairly easy to do and and you know you and probably carlton can attest to that that it was no big deal so if any of the other your local buddies want to come up and drive it's at least it's a short one to uh to make the trip into the mission area yeah i know uh spencer casey is planning on coming up as they rescheduled hot pit so right that should be cool he'll be up up there again and carlton and i are coming for sure i don't know garrett orfont i'm not sure if he's coming i know he was talking about coming up um yeah i think we got him on in a couple of weeks we're going to be chatting with him i believe that we got everything sort of sort of uh set up for him so yeah um planning on him coming up he seems to be uh, ready to go perfect yeah should be should be Time. should be a good turnout yeah we're really looking forward to it you know i'd like to see a full top 32 going into it and really you know just just see the variety of drivers and uh i mean we had quite a few of our our longtime drivers sort of step back this year and i think you know like it just opens up the field and and maybe just lets you know uh, a new group sort of come in and and shine on it i was really stoked to see all the the rookies coming in and that's always good we always need new people coming in so, I mean, if it's something that, uh, you know, you definitely want to try, uh, don't be afraid of it. Uh, you know, all you can do is get better and really the best way to do it is at, at these competition events. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm excited. Missions. Uh, I'm excited to not suck. Like I did last <laughs> terrible. I went up there first on the and it was all bad. So. I'm uh, I'm excited to come up there on a tire that I'm confident on and uh, see what I can put together. Excellent.
Excellent. Well, we look forward to seeing you up there. Uh, if anything you want to say as you wrap it up, and I'll let you go and get back to uh, prep, I guess. Just thanks, and thanks for putting on a killer series and doing the podcast stuff. It's a lot of fun. It's you pretty bet. sweet. All right. Hey, thanks for coming on. Yep. I appreciate it. Yep. Catch you, Catch you in mission. Later. All right. I see somebody was asking a question for Tony. I don't know what it was. I was going to ask Nate really quick if uh, he had had a question. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think he was. uh, I was trying to ask Jay's question there before I let him go. Okay. I was basically going to ask. You know, we'll open it up to all of our uh, American friends in the chat, too. I wanted to know if they learned uh, any neat Canadian slang terms or uh, did have a chance to try any poutine or uh, Tim Hortons. Basically, just some Canada based questions. Uh, kind of a callback to talking to Joseph about the Australian question. So I was kind of thinking of a few to ask them. So yeah, maybe um, I think what we'll do for mission, uh, maybe we'll kind of do like a little side segment and we'll do some Canadian challenges for our American friends that do come up and uh, maybe we can have some poutine ready for them. Uh, maybe some Tim Horton coffee or something like that. And just uh, try some interesting stuff. Yeah. Please, please. <laughs> Don't judge us on Tim Hortons. I guess I'm not as big no. of a fan as most people. I mean, no. don't gotta judge try us on at least that. seven different ones to understand that it's an inconsistency thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they try their best. I mean, it is. I guess it's inexpensive, and that's the way it is for uh, Tim Hortons. Or if you own a Tim Hortons or anything like that, we never mean to offend, but you know, it is what it is. Um, Did they try their best? Though? Well, you know, let's talk a little bit about Jesse Foot. I mean, he's not on today, so we can always talk about him behind his back, and and we love that. Um, he made an interesting point. I enjoyed his post that he said, you know, his car ran flawlessly and that's why he chose the parts that are on his car and he definitely stands behind him. So got to give a shout out to Fish Racing. Rep performance actually has that car dialed fairly well. Really impressed with that. I know he's a sponsor with iRace Autosports. He's got the Cosmos uh, wheels on. Uh, when they were doing the big deal with the Cosmos, he got hooked up with a bunch of them and also the silver suspension. And I mean, that guy is, is really invested in having spares package. And, you know, you got, you got to look at that. And it's, it's a really good thing to see, you know, investing in, in the car and sticking with that chassis and just learning more and more. Um, I see it was on, you know, like the WiseFab setup this year. And definitely you saw the advantage of that a few times, um, especially coming into that keyhole. Or, or at the hairpin at the end, he could basically just uh, add angle and stand on the gas and that car would walk out to the, uh, the rear zone. Um, so it looked good. And, you know, definitely, definitely impressed with the reliability of that car because that track is very um, challenging and it's abusive to the cars. I mean, you could definitely see it. And I think uh, both of you guys would agree as well when, when the drivers slow down. So we'll just explain to people that are listening, you basically come up when you're, you're carrying so much speed um, into a tight hairpin that you end up uh, standing on the brakes really hard. And in order to finish off the track, you either have to have a ton of torque out of a big V8 or you're doing some huge clutch kick and forcing that car uh, back into high wheel speed so you can finish off the course strong. So all the turbo guys and some of the lower horsepower guys were definitely abusing the clutch and their entire driveline, making it out to, you know, the final uh, rear zone there. So, you know, happy to see that his car, you know, takes the abuse and, and definitely uh, stood up for all, all of his hard driving all day long. 
it's a, you know, you got to also mention that it is an S13. You know, I kind of don't want to shy away from that. Uh, you know, we kind of see them going away in the upper echelons of pro drifting, but uh, looked right at home. It was your highest finishing chassis for uh, Spec D round one. Just, just, just want to throw that in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, hey, let's see. So, where, where are points at here? The points are pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I got to how many S13s there are in the top five. It's great. One <laughs> um, of the things I wanted to point out, um, obviously we've been on Stratotech for quite a lot. Uh, Bash, you know, kind of, it doesn't degrade the track maybe quite as hard as this program did. Um, but I was like, definitely expecting the track to be a little bit more gripped up by the end of the session uh, for the day. I was a little bit surprised that, uh, you know, it wasn't as uh, sticky as I thought it was going to be. And I was talking to a few drivers, too, that, you know, that rubber worked, kind of kept you right on the track. But the moment that you kind of went offline, little shallow, little wide, mm-hmm. that it was, um, you know, it was just very, very loose um, off the rest of the track. So that kind of, I think that was rather interesting. And I wonder if it caught maybe just a few drivers um, out, too. Yeah, I definitely think that if you got off the main racing line where everybody was laying down all the rubber, um, that... You know, one, if you if you ran too wide of a line through some of it, like we had a line drawn on the track through turn five, um, which is a sweeper there. And basically, if dry, drivers were too high on that, they were driving through all the tire debris and marbles that, you know, everybody else had put out there. Um, I, I mean, I was watching some some video of, you know, their autocross event that they run out the same track. And you can see the marks that we left behind. Like, it is an absolute black ending course. And, you know, we always like to leave our signature on these tracks, but definitely guys who uh, went off the main racing line, like that we had talked about in the driver's meeting. And also, uh, Jace brought out that important point. Um, uh, We had discussed it in driver's meeting that if you went too wide and you went out onto the rumble strips or you went out onto the actual uh, concrete section, that you lose a ton of grip going in there. And it's basically like doing a big dirt drop where you, you gain a bunch of wheel speed, but you actually don't end up going anywhere. And, you know, good to see that, you know, you recognize that. And that's something that, you know, you'll carry forward because if you stay on the actual asphalt surface, there is a ton of grip into that asphalt. Um, and it's probably just a little bit more, you know, abrasive than what the, the smooth concrete is. So you definitely see the people that were, were um, driving, you know, the correct line over and over seem to be decent. Um, and if you went too wide, if you went a little bit wide into it, then it usually sucked you off into the dirt and, you know, pretty much upset your run. If you, if you miss the, the turn, you know, going into turn five, you also miss the rear zone. So it was an interesting layout that way. But yeah, so yeah, well, I guess we do. We got, uh, well, Jesse Foot first place overall in the, uh, in the points uh, going into round two. Pat Fontaine. So there you go. You got a BMW with a V8 in there. Um, Jace Havoc going into third place, right? So you got two S13s there, and then you got Jesse Joe Curtis in his BRZ V8. Um, and, and then fifth place, you got Tristan. So only two in the top five, and the rest are all, you know, BMW, uh, Subaru, and whatever Tristan's car is. What is that? What is that? That's so a Ferrell, which, you know, S14 based anyway, so the point still stands. Right. Thank you. What is um, it? Right. What is that car? It's, it's a, a big body. Yeah. Oh, that's Laurel? It's a Nissan. I thought that was a Toyota. No. Oh, this, no. This boy's run, he's still running the RB. And I mean, you got to look at that. You got a 2JZ, 
and then you have three V8s, and then you got an RB in there as well. So, I mean, in the top five, you know, three V8s in there, and, a, and then a Jay-Z and an RB. So it's pretty interesting to see where, where points are, are racking up. Um, you can check all that stuff out on specd.ca. Uh, you can also just see some of the, the cool stuff that we got. We got to give a shout out to, you know, all the partners that make it happen. Element, right? See those? Beautiful things. This is equivalent to a 10-pound fire extinguisher. Uh, zip ties onto your cage. Great things. Um, and then, hey, the Grip Royal stuff. The Signature Series. Always a suede. Beautiful. And for guys who want to make sure they keep their wheel clean, we also got the wheel covers in. All the Grip Royal wheel oh, covers in. <laughs> Look at that, hey? You know, when you open up the box, it looks like it's like underwear or something funky, but it's just a Grip Royal uh, steering wheel cover. So head over to the website, pick up some of that stuff. It always helps us, helps us uh, pay these guys uh, all their prize money and stuff like that. Um, shout out also, you know, got Motti's Oil. You got Yellow Speed Racing, Heartland mm -hmm. Ford, local company. It was great to see them bring all the stuff out to the track. They brought out three vehicles for us. They brought out the uh, the all-electric Ford Lightning, which is probably the fastest vehicle at the track. Absolutely insane. And then they gave us a Bronco all day long to pull people out. So, I mean, bad judgment on their part for lending a bunch of drift guys some brand new vehicles, but it's really great to see the support of, uh, you know, Ford and then also Pulse RV. Great, great companies that help out the series. So, you know, definitely if you're looking for any of that stuff, hit them up. We always say support the people that support drifting. Um, JB's Power Center as well. Basically, you know, our local speed shop uh, have everything, all the safety stuff. They can always hook up all the guys for, for the safety stuff. So we're really thankful for them. Anything else you guys kind of want to add? And then maybe we'll talk a touch more on that. I'm going to answer Ryan's question about uh, the what we're looking for at our at around two for a mission. I'm not sure whether Ryan's afraid of the track or is excited for it. I had a, a quick chat question for Chad uh, because they're accusing me for being nostalgic there in the chat. So I'm going to kick it nostalgic for a second. Chad, it's been a 10 year gap since we saw a professional round of drifting out at Stratotech. How do you think the round one of Spec D this year uh, lived up to the hype? Did it uh, set a good precedence? And how did you enjoy, you know, you're driving back then 10 years ago. You're obviously very involved helping the event with the judging. How did you like it? How did, how did you feel the return of professional drifting to Stratotech went? Uh, well, to start off, the track layout was, like, that's got to be my favorite uh, track layout as far as, uh, not only the fan standpoint, but also, you know, the judges and and the driver's standpoint. Um, so, honestly, just to see that track layout, and it really did test the drivers. Like, asking them to come up and run the high line uh, into, the, into turn five, instead of, you know, cutting down the apex... Uh, I, we found that really did challenge a lot of drivers and they, you know, not only had to, you know, change up, you know, their entry into quarter five, but also the whole rest of the track. Right. So uh, honestly, it's just really cool to see drifting back at Strato tech, like professional events. I know we've done the Strato bash and, you know, a few other things over the years, mm -hmm. but just to see like, 
like pro competition coming back and to see that bright future um, of, you know, drifting and competitions there from, you know, going forward. It, uh, yeah, it holds a special place in my heart. It's a really cool track, and I think it's a fan fan favorite and driver's favorite. Yeah, that's a perfect answer. I think that uh, summed that up really well. Um, one of the things, too, that I kind of just, as a closing thought, uh, Stratum Tech there for round one, um, was really impressed uh, how much uh, of a different course it even looked like. Just, you know, we generally in bash it's free line just survive kind of go wherever you want just make it around the track and make it look awesome um how much of a difficult challenge it was for a lot of our guys that did you know have had three shadow bashes under under their belt um by just moving the line just a little out wider to turn four that really seemed to catch a lot of guys out for the first bit of the session but when they started to dial that in that was the right line into five because it really allowed for some just really great door-to-door tandems like we saw yeah, well, I, I did talk to quite a few of the drivers afterwards as well. And I think mostly in uh, in Stratobash settings, they don't actually link that entire section. Um, they use that sort of, they they wind out of angle and then just sort of reinitiate at the crest of the hill. So cool. in some ways, you develop some bad habits in bash style driving that you really need to dial in in competition. Um, and I think maybe that's, some of it where if you're playing it on a seto and really trying to to get that muscle memory or see the correct line that you're looking for in a seto, if that translates for you into a car, that's excellent. But some of the bash style driving, it almost develops some some bad habits and bad lines through there. But realistically, you know, there is there's a proper line to run so that you can hit all of your marks. And and I think that's something that it's not just a proper race line um, for drifting to hit all the marks and to actually make the course flow, but also to do it in a way that allows for tandem because how the lead driver really needs to run it is a wide line so that the chase driver can be on his door for the entire course without getting choked out into the grass. And I think that's, that's maybe the challenge that's harder. It takes a lot more power. Um, and maybe a lot more speed than what the drivers are used to driving. Um, talking to some of them, they're, you know, into fourth gear already uh, running that course, which is, you know, terrifyingly fast. Uh, you know, on that coming into a tight apex or coming into the, the hairpin at the end of it when you're trying to do a downshift, you know, if you're using fourth gear over the hill, third gear through the through the carousel, turn five, and then downshifting to the second so that you can actually have the power be in the right power band for that final hairpin. It makes it pretty tough. Yeah. No, I can uh, probably attest that as uh, someone who's only had bash laps in there and a few competition laps, obviously, with the grassroots rounds. Um, yeah, well, checks out. I think it uh, – I don't like – to you know oh i could have done it i could have done this this is, this is the reason i talk about it uh sit on the sidelines um but yeah no i can definitely see kind of what you're talking about right to whereas the bad fits can form very quick in bash like i said it's more about survival <laughs> than it is really creates a drift out there when we're out there um but uh yeah i know i thought that was really interesting just to see the guys that have been with us for all three bashes come to round one at stratotech and i don't, I don't want to say struggle but let's say uh, didn't fire up to the track as fast as I maybe thought they would. Yeah, CNI was, 
I always cheat a little bit in straddle bash because I like the over the hill because I like to pass people when they're diving the inner line. So you end up running that side line. And I like yep. to pass people there in full drift because it makes, uh, I don't know, it's just fun, makes for some cool video clips, right? So that's that's maybe why I like that high line the most. Um, let's talk a little that bit track, about... That track layout was very much shift up to to party and to hit the line and to yeah. get get your car where the judges wanted your car. So mm -hmm. was not easy track for the drivers, that's for sure. Yeah. No, but I guess... You know, I, I'm going to give a, a big shout out to, to Pat. You know, he took second place um, and he showed up with absolutely no crew. He showed up a solo guy. It was him and his girlfriend and he did everything on the car from fuel to tires to everything. Uh, at least I believe so because I didn't see anybody with him when he rolled in. I didn't see anybody with him when he left. I think it was very much a last minute thing for Pat and he took it all the way to second place. Um, and his car ran. And I think that's it's one of those people that we've been talking about sort of, you know, um, in the judges chat. And we've talked about it, you know, in some of the private stuff is like when his car is on point, how far can Pat take that uh, that car, especially with the new BA power plant? It seems to be not chewing up belts and it seems to be running on point. And I guess he proved it. He took it all the way to second place, which was great. Good for him. Good to see him in the points there. Um, now let's sort of shift. We only I'm going to do maybe nine more minutes. We're only going to max this up to an hour and a half here. So Ryan was asked what the judges were expecting, what we're expecting to see for that line um, with mission and maybe why we, we changed it. So we will post it up. It'll be on, uh, I'll, th I'll throw the track map up in here as well for mission on the Instagram so that everyone can kind of see what we're looking at. Um, but basically what it is, is we're adding two more corners to kind of give that same thing where we have five basic corners coming into it. Um, well, John Bernstein is trying to jump in here. He wants to argue with me about the track, I guess. So we're going to let John back in because he loves to tell me when I'm wrong and run it in reverse and all this. But basically... Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I have to do uh, bedtime. Podcast yeah. derailed. Podcast derailed. <laughs> basically, my, my thought in is... Is that if you come into that that first uh, uh, you know power alley where you have two outer zones, one right after the other, you know you're running it from wall to wall. If you come in sort of at full throttle and and driving hard with your tires already lit up, and you're basically as as drift guys know, once you're after you're initiated, the rest of the course you're basically just driving with the gas pedal. And that's where I wanted to see them come in. Big smoke in front of the crowd, exciting entry. And then, you know, have two other zones, make them drive wall to wall, and then come into the road course, sort of already in that rhythm. Uh, last year, what we saw with the layout was it tended to be big acceleration, um, e-brake up against the wall, back on gas, and then you also dump a bunch of speed to pick up the inner clip. And then you're sort of forcing yourself to a lot more throttle to make the long transition. So it was, you know, gas, brake, gas, brake. And I think we're just trying to have them so that it's maybe a little bit smoother once they're already in the flow of drifting. Tires are hot. 
the car's transitioning a lot easier and just basically driving it with the with the gas pedal and sort of instead of breaking up the run with you know e-brake initiation and stuff like that so so i've been running this quite a bit in a set out here and i probably will be again tonight if anybody wants to jump on but uh i find just coming into initiation here obviously again scandinavian flick it's it's where it's at and you can really ping pong off these walls and you have carry a lot of speed and a lot of angle and be very aggressive with angle in the force, first portion of the, of the track. And as you transition into the second portion of the track, there's very small input and just you have to have the perfect line. It has to be dialed. All right. And so it's going to be finesse. Bunch, but however, a thumbs up whether or not I should screenshot what John told me he thought of the track the first time to what he's saying now. And John can just say, Oh, Sean, you're right, and the track is going to be amazing. Don't get, don't get me wrong, Sean. Like, I, I, I think, I think uh, obviously, the, what we first ran in, in Mission is uh, a better track. However, the past I, is I, the past. I, I, I believe, uh, as far as like an overall event, you're correct. Um, so, no, it goes, after, it goes like this. It continuously you're, Sean, you were right. It goes, Sean, you were right. I was wrong. <laughs> John, you're I know. I know you know how to say it, John. No, I, I will never Go admit ahead. it, John. I will never admit it. No, but uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to it, just because like the new addition to the track, it's I think it's gonna set us up for like some awesome action, and I love the snapping from angle to angle, like just like Long Beach, like that's one of my favorite kind of shots in drifting, is the ping pong walls there, and then also Gaston, he I was talking to him, and he was saying. The section where uh, Jace and Regan were absolutely demolishing the grass, they have extended it. So um, I'm looking forward to a little bit more, uh, I guess, forgiveness in the Ash track. Asphalt. So I'm, I'm a little more asphalt. I'm hoping a little less grass. Yeah, yeah. So like with with the extended asphalt, I'm hoping that we'll see a little bit more snap to angle, and rather than guys trying to just barely make it there. Does that make sense? Guys can be more uh, aggressive, and I love it when guys are aggressive. We're all waiting for one thing, John. What? I'm gonna say, let's let's get the sound clip. John, just admit uh, Sean was right. We could really, really, really use the replay backs on the podcast services because it's just gonna be Sean <laughs> playing back the last twenty seconds of this. But hey, that would help our view counts. So uh, when you're, you're ready, Sean, yes, you were right, Sean. And the rest. Oh. And I went. Go ahead. I'm sorry for everything I've done to you and your cars. No, 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 no. Sean, <laughs> not right. I was wrong. It's okay. Just no, 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 no. Just that okay, line. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> this, this kills me. This kills me. Sean, you were right. I was right. There you go. That's it. And with that, we really want to say uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And we will be back on next week. Um, we're trying to get the podium all together. We think that we have uh, Jesse Foote jumping in all the way from italy so that'll be cool look at that we're getting somebody from the other side of the world already and uh have fun. what's Chase the run john jump in and it's gonna be my boys you know cheese here show us, and, show us uh, a run john but if you guys want to jump on and play a seto that's it it's always up on our server uh thank you guys for everybody coming in let's just sign off because a seto john playing a seto for the podcast listeners is absolutely Insanity. Listen to this man having fun. That's right. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, before I derail completely, just want to give a huge thank out uh, to everybody who attended, obviously, round one in person at Stratotech, everybody who continues to uh, listen to these podcasts, jump in on the live. We really do appreciate you. The audience really makes it fun, uh, really made my weekend. And I just want to impart on you with a John Burns said quote to end tonight. Uh, just before we got started for the top 16, John looks over to me and with full I'm confidence, so you're doing a worse so job than you think you are. Keep it up, buddy. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we love, we love John Burnside here. He's our I mean, what I meant to say is you're really hard on yourself, and you're a lot better than you think you are. But I turned to Tony, I look at him with dead eyes. Yeah, that did like, not come You're a lot worse than what you think you are. <laughs> yeah, we we were absolutely rolling in the stands, or in the tower there. That was so much fun this weekend. Like... I don't know, between Sean and I fighting and Chad, like, keeping us separated and Tony commenting on it, like, I don't know. Great. Absolute blast. Let's do it again uh, July there for uh, Mission Round 2. And uh, with that, we'll we'll sign it out tonight, guys. Have a good one. Maybe maybe we should sell the the VIP pass that includes uh, a ticket into the tower. Ringside access. The Sean versus John. (laughs) The first first the Ice Man. You know, again, definitely we, we encourage everybody head over to the Spec D, check out the drivers that are, are up on the points. Uh, go give them a follow. It helps everybody. Give them a follow on, on their social media, you know, give a like and, and all that and watch the videos. There's so much media coming out from this, and we really got to thank all the media partners that they brave the, uh, the, the rocks getting tossed at them, the dirt drops, the tire smoke, the heat. And, uh, you know, we love all the media that, that shows up. We got people doing video, pictures, everything, you know, and, and it's absolutely the best. And, and it's a great community that puts all this together. So with that, we thank everybody for, for watching tonight. Appreciate it. And we'll be back next week, hopefully, with, uh, with Jesse Foote and Pat Fontaine. And we'll be chatting a little bit about, you know, the grassroots round two that's coming up on the 22nd out at Rad Torque Raceway. Um, if you're listening to this. Hey, head out tomorrow. We are out Thursday Thursday nights at uh, Rad Torque. So we're going to be out there tomorrow, even if the rain is there a little bit light. It's going to make it easier on tires and a little easier on the pocketbook. So with that, thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you guys next week. Have a good one, guys. Good